Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. This is Authenticated. The Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode three of Authenticated, the Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. Matt Kenfield bringing this show to you one more time. And joining me today, we've got uh, one returning voice and one new voice for you here on Authenticated, episode three, three for Dale. The voice that you have gotten familiar with over the first two episodes, Alex Pullman. Thank you very much for uh, wanting to do this again, Alex. And, of course. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on the first two shows that you've uh, been able to be a part of? I mean, I really enjoyed being a part of them, man, even though you threw some shade at me and my husband. But, you know, hey, it's all in good fun. We kid because we care. <laughs> Joining us now for the first time, you might recognize him from popular YouTube shows such as The Fix and wherever else he might be on YouTube. And I might not want to know where else he could be on YouTube. Thomas DeVoyce, and thank you very much for wanting to be a part of this little uh, fun little audio party that we have here and uh, those of you who don't know Thomas he kind of runs the RCCA club and LionelRacing.com and uh, now he gets to add podcast hosts to that resume that's uh, that's pretty impressive you're building up quite the multimedia empire there at TD Inc you know I'm trying I mean that's why I'm here I'm I'm here to go big or go home that's what I've always been told so I worked with Howard for a long time and that's a saying so hey this is what we're doing now I appreciate you guys having me on this is going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of cool stuff to go into. The wor- the week that was in NASCAR was certainly a- an exciting one, and we're going to get right into it now on Authenticated. Saturday night under the lights at Daytona International Speedway, the regular season of the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series came to a conclusion, and what a conclusion it was as Ryan Blaney picked up his second straight win of the season, his third overall, this time in the body armor, number 12 Ford Mustang for Team Penske. And Alex, I'll start with you. We knew, we talked about it on Authenticated uh, last time, how many unknowns there were going to be at Daytona. And from green flag to checkered flag, there were a, a lot of unknowns. We had no idea what was going to happen until after the checkered flag flew. And then even after the checkered flag flew, we still didn't really know what was happening. Right. Absolutely. You know, for the first part of the race, everybody was kind of in a single file line trying to keep out of trouble. You had a lot of the guys who fell to the back because they were trying to miss the big one early. But you always know going into those last, you know, 20 laps, that's when the excitement starts because it's picking up and you've got to put it all on the line if you want to win, especially if you weren't already locked into the playoffs. A lot of craziness, Thomas. I mean, we knew with this arrow package and the horsepower package and everything like that, it was going to be tight packs. But there were some guys 
pretty darn aggressive because that's really the only way you can do it at, the, at Daytona, especially with so much on the line. Well, and even with this being the last race before we lock it into the chase, I, we knew we were going to see some really intense battles, but to see like Chastain up front, to see Priest running top four a lot of the night, we, a lot of the guys that were that had to have wins were running aggressive and they had to be. And then you've seen guys blocking and making, making aggressive blocks, aggressive moves. I watched the race very intense all night long, just waiting on the big one to happen or someone to make an aggressive move going four wide. It was just, it was kind of, it was kind of crazy. Watching the final transfer spot to the playoffs was pretty intense because you had the two RCR cars going for you had Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon, but both of those guys could have ended up on the outside looking in had there been an upset winner. You, you know, yeah, Priest was up there, but Corey LaJoy was probably in the best position of all of them. He was getting pushes. He was pushing Blaney to the lead. What an upset that would have been. And we almost saw it with Chris Busher too, uh, running up front, having a shot to win. And, and you could see the emotion on his face after the race. Of course, as we kind of alluded to just a minute ago, he was eventually disqualified and his, his finish didn't count. But still, he had a shot to win that race, and that was his only shot to make the playoffs. One thing that I was probably most impressed with is how much Ryan Blaney is turning up the heat at this time of the season. He won last time out at Michigan, won again at Daytona, never won more than one race in a season in his Cup Series career. Now he's got three, and Alex, I, I know that you followed Ryan Blaney's career quite a bit from uh, from the beginning through today, and uh, I, I don't know, this might be his best shot to really do something in the playoffs. It's really cool to see that he's gotten the three wins this season. He's on a roll. And I think that because Brad is leaving next year, I think I saw in an interview, he feels like he has to step up. And I think he's doing it in a big way. He's showing that he doesn't just win one race. He's got more than that in a season. And I think he's going to be on a roll. He's going to be someone to contend with just up there with Larson. Let me ask you this, Thomas, from a diecast perspective, you've been with this company for... A long time. We won't date you or anything like that. We, we'll just say for all. The invention of the, of the wheel. wheel. Right, right. I crawled in here. Yeah. <laughs> Since Fred Flintstone first had the first die cast. Uh, but, you know, when you watch a race like you did Saturday night, how much are you watching the race just for the pure entertainment of it as a NASCAR fan? How much are you watching it for maybe a first-time winner, say like a Corey LaJoy or something, you know, a Tyler Reddick when they're running up front, you know, to see them maybe get their first win from a business perspective, from you trying to sell diecast on the website? Uh, you know, what what goes through your mind as you're watching an intense battle towards the end at a track like Daytona? Are you thinking business? Are you thinking NASCAR fan? Or are you thinking all the above? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All the above. Always. You're looking at you're you're looking at what's good. I'm obviously for me it's looking at what's going to move the needle for business, but at the same time it's the excitement of what's happening and what's going to what's going to just move the fans even in general. Not just to buy and collect, but man just to move the fans. But for me watching it, I was watching like you mentioned Corey LaJoy. I was watching him and that car was awesome with his big face on it with a built bar in his mouth and all that stuff. I was like my first thought was if he wins this race it could be crazy. It's going to, it's going to, it could be nuts. It'd be a great die cast. It's going to be really cool to make. So I, all I got a million things. My problem is I can't 
really fully enjoy the race because I'm too busy watching what's happening in third. Who's going to, especially at a race like that when it's close packed. Oh my gosh, someone's coming from fourth. He's going down low. He's four wide. Oh my, if he wins, I'm like, and I'm like literally going through my head a million times thinking of every car that could win. Who, who's going to be good for online? Who are the customers going to want to, what, what die cast has even got the damage? If a clean car crosses that checker flag, I'm a little sad sometimes when it's clean. Well, and likewise, we we threw down the gauntlet a couple of weeks ago, I think at India, going into Indianapolis to shoot off some confetti. Give that dude who was in charge of the confetti at Daytona, give that dude a raise. Yeah, he needs one. I mean, that, that guy, when they said, hey, throw some confetti at that car, he said, okay, hold my beer. <laughs> Here we like, go. It was like I the think they Jimmy used Johnson every bit commercial. of confetti. I think they used every every bit of confetti that every track hasn't used this year. I think they just had it all <laughs> left over from this year, and they just dumped it. It was like, boom, confetti. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it, and what's cool, it's it's the Coke Zero 400 at Daytona, so the, all the confetti, if you can't, you might not be able to tell from photos or even on TV or anything like that, but all that confetti little coke bottles yeah so prayers up to whichever of our die cast artists drew the the short straw in order to that's going to design that die cast the race win die cast of ryan blaney's number 12 body armor ford because they're gonna have to recreate every single one of those little confetti pieces the coca-cola shaped confetti pieces on that car and if you haven't seen it check out the fresh paint section of our instagram story uh so we're gonna throw up some uh reference photos that our photographers at cameras in action took at the track of what the car looked like in victory lane and if you can even see the car because there's so much dang confetti on it uh our diecast artists are going to use those photos recreate every single piece of that confetti on that car every scratch every scrape every dent every everything that's on that car and there's not as much confetti on it in those reference photos as there was in victory lane for a couple of minutes because alex i think you you saw the video of ryan doing the right thing for the sponsor right you gotta clear that confetti off so the body armor shows up there right yeah i mean you want to get your sponsor placement and i think that he did the right thing by swiping it away and at least getting the confetti all around it showing no body armor victory. That was pretty cool. It, it was it was really cool to see because, uh, you know, there have been times where sponsors have asked the teams for us to remove some confetti in order to have their logo show uh, in the race win die cast version. Uh, but Ryan go up, went ahead and did that for us. So uh, if, if you haven't seen it again, check out our fresh paint section of our Instagram story. Lionel underscore racing is our Instagram handle. Make sure you follow us there and uh, check out all the reference photos from the Ryan Blaney win at Daytona. And if you haven't already ordered the Ryan Blaney race win from Daytona, do so at LionelRacing.com by calling 1-800-952-0708 and speak to one of our friendly customer care agents or visit an authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealer. This week in our fresh paint segment, we have the fish fight. If you watch the... If you watched the Daytona race on Saturday night, you saw Eric Jones and his number 43 Columbia PFG Chevrolet for Richard Petty Motorsports and Bubba Wallace in the number 23 Columbia PFG Toyota for 2311 Racing. Both looking like little fishies out there. <laughs> Eric Jones is 43 looking like a blue marlin and Bubba Wallace is 23 looking like the tarpon. And, and, and I was really impressed with a company like Columbia. Um, obviously, it's been around for a long time. The outdoor, the, you know, uh, outdoor apparel and, and everything like that. Certainly, their pro fishing gear line. Um, get behind two different drivers for two different teams. And 
you know, kind of bring some awareness to some of the, you know, uh, sea life in, in the Florida area and, and to be able to do it at a place like Daytona and, you know, two up and coming drivers. I thought that was a really cool thing. I don't know what you guys thought. Yeah. I think two young guns like that, you couldn't go wrong sponsoring either one of those. Um, Bubba, this is the track he always runs really well at Eric, is one uh, in the past as well. So, right. I mean, really, those that w- you know wasn't a bad idea for them to do that and really cool for them to sponsor them both and great-looking paint schemes as well. Yeah, I was really impressed with the way Columbia got behind both of them, uh, did a really cool social media campaign for that as well. And uh, the Eric Jones 43 Columbia PFG car uh, is available now for order at LionelRacing.com. The Bubba Wallace one, as of recording time, is still out for approval with the team and with uh, all the parties involved. Hopefully by the time that this show airs, it will be available. But keep an eye on our fresh paint section on our Instagram story, Lionel underscore racing for the release of the Bubba Wallace Columbia PFG Toyota. But of course, the Eric Jones one is still available. LionelRacing.com, 1-800-952-0708 or through an authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealer. This weekend, all three NASCAR National Series will be racing at the track that is too tough to tame, Darlington Raceway. It's going to be an amazing weekend. It always is at the Lady in Black Darlington Raceway. Uh, I know all three of us have been to that race uh, to the Southern 500, the Cookout Southern 500, which, you know, we're recording this right around lunchtime. I think Cookout might be the right plan for lunch today. But I digress with the Cookout Southern 500 weekend. Uh one of my favorite race weekends to go to. I know you guys have been to that race before too. Uh, what What are your thoughts about Darlington? Just as as a NASCAR fan, it's definitely historic. I do find it a little different that it's not Throwback Weekend. Throwback Weekends already happened, and now we're this is the Chase Race, pretty much. But it's definitely one that you have to put on your bucket list because it has so much history. The track is awesome, and it's really good racing. Yeah, this one's going to be a good good uh, race to st- start the uh, chase with, too. I can't wait because they have to run so close to the wall. And I just, I, man, I think someone's going to pull it off who loves to do that. You know, it's going to be an exciting weekend. They're, again, they're going to be running aggressive. I think a lot of these guys want to go ahead and punch their ticket for the next round. So I think that's big. It's going to be a, another. You thought Daytona was crazy? Fasten those seatbelts because I think this one's going to be just as crazy. Well, and what I liked about Bubba Wallace, I think he said in his interview after Daytona when, you know, he was kind of throwing caution to the wind, trying to get into victory lane to lock himself into the playoffs. But uh, what he said that his goal is now is to finish uh, 17th in points. And you got to figure those top 16 in points that are going to be gunning for the championship. But there's going to be a lot of battles and there's going to be a lot, a lot on the line for some of these guys to, you know, still put together a good finish to their season. And Darlington's kind of the perfect race. Darlington, or I'm sorry, Daytona was the perfect place to end the regular season because it was a crapshoot. Anybody, anything could happen there. Darlington, while it's not a super speedway race where, you know, there's 43 cars in a, in a big pack like that. But really, this race always comes down to late race drama. It always comes down to whoever, whoever, again, just throws caution to the wind and and, and just kind of doesn't really care what their car looks like in victory lane. They just got to get it done. And I think that's why the fans, you know, for 50, 60, 70 years have been going to this place. Yep. Yeah, definitely a tire wear track, too, with all the sand. You're being so close to the beach and everything like that. That always plays a factor as well as if you walk away with a Darlington stripe, then I knows you raced aggressively. That only makes the race win diecast so much better, though. Mm-hmm. 
And, and again, it's not technically Darlington throwback weekend. We kind of did that back in the springtime. Uh, there will be a couple of cars. I know the Wood Brothers car is running a, uh, a throwback paint scheme this week, and there very well could be a couple of others. I think I saw something about an Xfinity car that was running uh, kind of a... Um, uh, what was it? A Rusty Wallace scheme. Rusty Wallace tribute. Yep. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, uh, there, GD, the Miller genuine draft, I think. Right. Throwback. Yeah. So there will be a couple of throwback, uh, cars and trucks for all we know. Um, and, uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. It always is at Darlington, but being the first race of the playoffs, we know who the 16 drivers are going to be. That will be running for the championship. Now, after the first couple of races, we will be cutting them down all the way down until we get to Phoenix at the end of the season. We're going to look into our crystal balls now, right now, and fast forward, you know, 10 plus weeks from now when we are crowning a champion at Phoenix. Alex, I'll start with you. Who will be on the big stage with the confetti and the fans and the trophy and everything like that celebrating as our 2021 NASCAR champion? He's on a hot streak. It's got to be Kyle Larson. He has something to prove, and he's been dominant all season, and I'd be very surprised if he's not hoisting that trophy in Phoenix at the end of the season. I think he can kind of get off to a good start on that plan at a place like Darlington with his dirt track background. Seems like all those guys seem to, you know, kind of raise to raise to a new level at a, at a place like Darlington, where you kind of got to be feathering the throttle a little bit and just kind of, you know, showing how big your stones are at a track like that, right. because, uh, you know, those dirt track guys certainly know how to get it done uh, at places like that. So uh, I, I like that pick, certainly with all his wins this year. That's that's the, the hot ticket, I think. But uh, Thomas, what are your thoughts? thoughts yeah i mean sadly um for the first time in my life i probably have to agree with alex on that one um you know i, I don't know if it's a <laughs> i don't know if it's like a denny i hope it's not like a denny hamlin uh thing where he won so many races and still didn't get it at the end but man i just don't think you can go against larson right now he's so fast you mentioned i think i think he's got a really good shot at darlington he loves racing at high at the track and he's going to be up there and then phoenix hms typically does well there so I don't know. I, I think that's a it's a really good opportunity for him to lock it in. We're going to another young gun, I think. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's going to be exciting watching these guys um, go for it in these last races. But um, I, it, my pick is uh, Larson. I don't I just don't think you can count against him right now. He hasn't given us any reason to, to not pick him. Fair enough. Now, you mentioned Denny Hamlin. Yep. That is going to be my pick. Uh-huh. Now, you and all the listeners are probably saying, what are you smoking? The dude hasn't won yet this year. He's never, you know, he's always been in position at the race finale or at the championship finale, whether it's been at Homestead or Phoenix. He's always in the mix, always has a shot at the championship and never performs when it's on the line. Right. I think that might be a little bit by design. Yes, I think he wanted to go to victory lane. I don't think that there's I don't think they've been not trying to win races the first uh, first, you know, most of the season here. But I also know Chris Gapehart, his crew chief. I've known him from late models and everything like that. That dude is way too smart to go 36 races without a win. Yeah. Denny Hamlin is too good of a driver to go 36 races without a win. Um, I, I truly believe that they have kind of pumped the brakes a little bit and said, instead of front loading all of our wins, let's figure out what we need to do to get better so that those last 10 weeks of the season, we are where we need to be come Phoenix. I could be totally wrong. He could fall flat on his face and, you know, not go to victory lane, maybe be out in the first couple of rounds. I don't, you know, but I truly believe it. it, it is my gut instinct that this is going to be the year where Denny Hamlin kind of 
lays in the weeds for a little while. Everybody starts talking like, oh, you can't win. He's not winning this year. He's not going to get it done. He's going to fall flat again. But I, I truly believe that this is going to be the time that Denny Hamlin turns the wick up and goes and wins a couple of these playoff races. I think we saw Joey Logano win like two or three of the races in one of the, the stages a couple of years ago in one of the rounds. Uh, I think that's going to be a Denny Hamlin kind of scenario this year. I just think that he's 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 been too strategic in and not showing his frustration. I don't know what you guys think. No, but I, think I think you're right. I, I would agree with you on that. I think he's got a. I mean, he's got a good shot. You can't. You have nowhere to go but up. Really, I mean, right. you know, he's he can fight through now. Larson's one and one and one. I think the reason why I pick him, and I probably saying she would probably agree with me on this. You know, Alex would probably agree with me on this. Is when you when you look at every week when we talk about we all talk about the racing here at work. We love racing, so we do for a living. We go home and we're thinking who's going to win this weekend. And every week we're like it's not going to be Larson again. And then he wins again. Right. The next week we're like Larson's not going to win three in a row. He goes and wins three in a row. Larson next week. No, Larson's not going to win again. No, Larson won again. So I, for for me, it's just hard to pick him. But I see what you're saying. I think he's got a lot to gain right now and a lot to prove uh, from what happened last year and everything else. Well, I think Denny's also been very consistent, too. I mean, he was battling Larson for the regular season championship, and he hadn't even won a race. That's just how consistent he was. And Darlington is a really good track for him. He's won there multiple times, so I wouldn't definitely count him out this and, weekend either. Right. And, and I think back a couple of weeks ago with that incident that he had with Chase Briscoe. Um, you know, he, he was disappointed, but I think old school Denny Hamlin would have gone and they, you know, gotten all up in his face and screamed and hollered and all that stuff. You know, he's thinking a little bit more like a businessman cause he has to, he's got a lot more, you know, financially invested in the sport now as a uh, co-owner of 2311 racing. But I think also he knows that there's speed in his car. He's not you know, at the point where he's so frustrated with finishing second and not winning and stuff like that, that he is, you know, he is easily thrown off the cliff and just, you know, going to start going crazy. Right. So I, I think there's something inside of him that is like, okay, we are where we want to be. Well, we will see how it all shakes out, of course, starting this weekend at uh, Darlington. And I also think it's going to be really interesting to see who might kind of interrupt that whole playoff talk and maybe steal a win or two from outside the top 16. I think there's plenty of drivers that are capable of doing that. Um, it, it'll be really interesting to see how these next 10 weeks play out as we get ready to crown a 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion at Phoenix. Finally, this week, we are going to finish things up with our last lap highlight of the week. If you missed last week's show, this is a segment where we all go around the room and talk about what our highlight was in the week that was in NASCAR in general or in the diecast world or whatever it might be that uh, we want to bring to you here on Authenticated. And I'm going to start with you, Alex. Ladies first, what was your last lap highlight of the week that was? Brian Blaney winning back to back. Yeah, big Blaney fan, so... I was going to say, you, you folks at home listening to us right now can't see. We don't have the the camera set up, but Alex is wearing her Ryan Blaney shirt, you know, with pride today. She wears that or has worn that pretty much all week. I really wish she would wash it. Wow. <laughs> but at least it's not a Ray J. Allmendinger shirt because that dude keeps winning in the Xfinity series and in the Cup series a couple of weeks back. So, uh, you know, it's nice that she was able to change shirts, at least from Ray J stuff. <laughs> Uh, so knowing that, yeah, Thomas, I, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. I'm blown away. 
I know. I'm full of surprises. <laughs> no, exactly. it, you know, we're, yeah. we're busting Alex's chops. She does wash her clothes. I, she does. I have enough t-shirts. I can wear a different Blaney shirt every day of the week. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Thomas, what is your last lap highlight of the week? You know, I think the, the, the big announcement, I'm going to say Kyle Busch. Or no, right? ESPN. It was yeah. Well, Kurt hang on, Bush. ESPN. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The big, the big blunder there. But no, Kurt Busch going to twenty three eleven. That the announcement and then showing the car. It just got me really pumped for twenty twenty two to see just to see the new car and and I don't know with us all the anticipation we have with the n- new car, the new die cast, and everything else, and to see him to go to a, a new team like that and I think a veteran like that. Hope I think he's going to go in there and I think he's going to take Bubba Wallace and I think they're going to kind of just work together and I think he's. I think that's going to be a good team next year, and it's really exciting to see that. And so just between that announcement and just showing the car, like I said, the car just got me pumped up for new diecast. And so I was like, I was jazzed. I saw it, and I was like, yep. And then, of course, the mistake the mistake just made it all the better when they yeah. said Kyle Busch was moving, and that was pretty good. Alex, I know you were a big fan of the impromptu uh, press conference that Kyle did. Yeah. You said it was at some restaurant in Charlotte yeah, or something like his, that? He and Samantha were at like a fancy French restaurant downtown, and he actually had his friends, one of them without a shirt on. Yeah. I don't know why, but they were doing an impromptu press conference about him moving to 2311, and he was tweeting people back and forth. You know, it, it, at least he has humor about it. So. It's, you know, it was pretty good. I think it, it was good. It was like they were like, I'm not sure if they were just trying to make it look like some people who some people who do some interview and not don't really know. I was like a shirt off and it was like a denim shirt over his shoulders. Right. Like it in just a didn't fit French in a fancy restaurant. It was sipping wine. He was sipping wine, too, in his interview, I think, or something like that. He had a little wine glass. It was it was classic. It's really cool to see, you know, Kyle Busch show that personality because like, he gets a bad rep, bad rep sometimes, you know, from fans because he's so intense and so passionate. And, you know, he does do and say some things that, you know, rub people the wrong way sometimes. But the dude is legitimately, you know, he's good, he's a good character uh, yeah. for sure. And, and even Kurt, too, you know, uh, he does have a, a pretty solid personality. He's fiery, no doubt about it. Uh, and, and I think that type of personality will fit in really well with Bubba, who is certainly passionate about what he does. Yep. Denny, who is, you know, maybe the most passionate, you know, one of the most passionate drivers in the field. Yeah. And the GOAT, Michael Jordan, you know what I mean? He doesn't get any more fiery and more passionate about, you know, athletics and sports and, and competition than uh, Michael Jordan. So uh, I think that's going to be a really uh, potent team. I like how he was able to get the other number, too. Yeah, the, yeah, Michael yeah. Jordan come back wearing the four or five. Yes, it, it ain't to play great. games with you. Yeah, yeah. was that a Jay Z lyric? I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the first and probably only time that you'll hear Matt Kenfield spitting some Jay Z rhymes. But <laughs> uh, go ahead, break it down. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, a really cool 2022 season. And, and my last lap highlight is, is actually twofold uh, to kind of piggyback on Thomas's about the 2022 diecast. We teased a little bit about the first shots of the 2022 next gen diecast. Um, we are almost to the point where we can show those to you. Uh, two of the three uh, manufacturers have approved their first shots. So they are almost ready to be shown to you. Uh, the third one is out for approval there to our knowledge. There hasn't been anything wrong with it. It just hasn't been signed off yet. So very, very soon we will be able to show you the 2022 NASCAR next gen diecast first shots. My second part of that steering away from the diecast world a little bit. I want to give a shout out to 
2020 NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee Bobby Labonte, who picked up a modified win uh, over at uh, Dillon Motor Speedway in South Carolina. Uh, the dude doesn't need to race anything anywhere, but he wants to go short track racing and actually won a modified race against some pretty stout competition. Uh, and what's really cool is to see guys like Bobby Labonte, you know, go back to their short track roots. We talked about Ryan Priest and how he loves to go modified racing on his off weekends. Labonte and a bunch of other NASCAR Hall of Fame drivers competed in the SRX series. Uh, over the summertime. So uh, me being a kind of a, a short track graduate who moved into the NASCAR stuff uh, like I do here at Lionel Racing, uh, it's really cool to see guys like Bobby Labonte uh, go back to their short track roots, uh, especially Modifieds. I'm from Connecticut. That's that's my that's my home base right there. So Modifieds are near and dear to my heart. And uh, so that was a, uh, a really cool thing to see a NASCAR Hall of Famer take a modified win in South Carolina on Saturday night. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us on episode three of Authenticated. But we want to get you involved in this show. Now that more and more podcast platforms are picking up our show, we want you to be involved in it as well. When you're using Twitter or Instagram, I want you to use hashtag Authenticated Fan. Let us know what you want to hear from us on Authenticated. Maybe if there's a new diecast you have a question about, uh, maybe some other things involved in the industry that uh, you want to know or you want to comment on or something like that, we might pick a few of those to talk about here on Authenticated. Again, if you're on social media, hit us up using hashtag AuthenticatedFan and let us know what you would like to hear on Authenticated moving forward. Boys and girls, this was a lot of fun. And I'm going to circle back here, okay? It's going to be story time with Kentfield right now. I want to flash back, I don't know, 20, 25 years or so. Uh-oh. I was born then, I think. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> you, you, you were born. Uh, let's, you're young, but you're not that young. Wow. No, I know, it's fine. Call me a liar. No, you're not. So uh, I want to know, now that I've got you two in the same room, with millions of years listening. All right. Many of, or I would say pretty much all of you listening to this show don't realize that even though you two work with each other, you have known each other (laughs) for a long time. Yes. (laughs) Too long. Who wants to tell the story of, you know, looking back in the mirror to little Alex and littler but older thomas i think it was more than right. 25 years yeah. if we're going back actually uh, oh man yeah it, it was uh, i was like what two i, I would it, i want to say it was probably 30 years ago it's probably well th- no I'm, I'm 30 now okay well that's what i'm saying close because I, I would have been probably 12 or 14 so yeah okay so 20 i would say 28 years ago yeah. she was probably three years old it would be my guess. Yeah, that'd be right. I think right. she was about three years old. Uh, so, yeah, quick story. She, um, Alex actually uh, is son of Rich, and I'm sorry, your mom's name, uh, Carol. Yeah, or and, Richmond. Richmond, yeah. And um, they're friends with uh, Paul Andrews, who was crew chief for the Quickies, uh, or crew chief for Alan Quickie. And my mom was their nanny, and so for, the, <laughs> for uh, um, Paul Andrews. And she was busy or something like that. And they had asked, uh, they were running off. I think they were going on a date night. Your mom and dad were going on a date night. And they had asked if who, they had no one to watch Alex. And I'm like, hey, I can do that to make some extra money. I can watch a little kid, right? So the mom come over and brought this little itty bitty kid over with short blonde hair. (laughs) 
and I had to watch her for about two or three hours. And it's kind of a funny story. Like then, like I had done that one time and we kind of knew the fa of the family and I think I did it just the one time, but it was kind of funny. All these years later, we still pick, we still pick up on stories about that. Yes. So how was Thomas as a babysitter? Do you remember? No, this has been a very long time ago. <laughs> I don't know. She barely remembers. Okay. <laughs> Thomas, how were you as a babysitter? Were you were I you was, freaked out? I was stellar. No, I you know I, that's why you only did I, it once, right? <laughs> right. I had actually helped with the the Kawiki, uh Tim and Troy a few times, or I always want to say Kawiki. I always uh, helped with the Andrews, uh, the boys, a good bit. And so yeah, I mean, I think it was they went on a date night. I think I I was probably like every other babysitter that day. We I think I, we put on a cartoon and put on the TV and sat around and watched cartoons and I was like, Hey, this, this gig's pretty easy. This child likes cartoons pretty good. <laughs> I couldn't, but that was back before cell phones or anything. So there's no sitting around, not paying attention doing cell phones. I probably, even as a 14 year old kid, I was probably ingrained in the cartoon as well. So it was kind of like, just, you know, just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. I'm almost 40 and I'm still ingrained that's, in cartoons. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, there's no shame in that game. <laughs> Uh, well, that was that was fun story time. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you two are still friends, and uh, you know it, it didn't scar either one <laughs> of right. you. You know you're a father now, Thomas, and uh, Alex. You, you survived your your first experience. Uh, you know being babysat by someone like Thomas. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But uh, you know, fast forward to 2021, and uh, Alex, you've worked here for five, six, seven years, something like that. And this year was year seven. Actually. Yeah, I'm still babysitting. Alex, after all these years. Wow. No, no, he's not. <laughs> in, in fairness, we all babysit each other around yeah, here. We, we all take care true. of each other, yeah, right. let's be honest. Right. So uh, really cool that you guys uh, were a part of this show here today. We will definitely have you both back and do this a lot more often. And we will be back with another episode of Authenticated. Hopefully we'll be able to get more into detail about those next gen diecast at that point. But until then, we are going to sign off again. Use hashtag AuthenticatedFan to be a part of Authenticated. And we will talk to you next time on Authenticated, the NASCAR Diecast Collectors Podcast from Lionel Racing. Follow Lionel Racing on Twitter at Lionel underscore racing. On Instagram at Lionel underscore racing. And be sure to like Lionel Racing on Facebook. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.